Bonjour, I'm Valérie Jardin, the host of Street Focus, and you're listening to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for This Week in Photo is provided by the Cashfly Content Delivery Network. Send your web content blazingly fast with Cashfly. And now, pay as you go. Start with two terabytes free by going to cachefly.com and use the promo code TWIP. TWIP is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com and enter the offer code TWIP at checkout to get 10% off Squarespace. Build it beautiful. This episode of TWIP is brought to you by iFi. Point, shoot, iFi. Try it for free at twip.pro slash iFi. That's T-W-I-P dot P-R-O slash iFi. TWIP is brought to you by FreshBooks, the simple cloud accounting solution that's helping thousands of new entrepreneurs and small business owners save time billing and get paid faster. Sign up for free at FreshBooks.com and join over 5 million users running their businesses with ease. This is TWIP, episode 437, Canon, waiting to exhale? Once again, Canon is in the news, but unfortunately this time it's not for some groundbreaking mirrorless camera that deftly accepts the full range of Canon glass, no. This time the company is making news for disappointing revenues and profits in Q3. We once again crack open the conversation regarding what they and the other DSLR camera makers might be thinking or planning to turn things around. We hypothesize about what the actual problem might be. Is it the onslaught of high quality cameras in our cell phones or could it be the relentless pace of innovation set by the likes of Sony, Panasonic, Olympus, Fuji and others? Our second story is about YouTube. The company recently announced a new subscription model that allows you to pay a monthly $10 fee for an ad-free viewing experience, as well as access to Google Music, background video playing, downloadable videos, and more. But is it worth it? And what does this mean for the YouTuber community? And lastly, we have a discussion around the trend of animated photography and how it seems to be gaining momentum with the latest release from the Visco people called, wait for it, Disco. Disco is an app that makes easy work of creating animated GIFs or MP4s up to 2.5 seconds long. Is animation the new black or is it just a passing fad? To discuss these stories this week, I'm joined by two new additions to the TWIP co-hosting family, photographer and model Christine Allward, along with commercial fashion photographer Tim Engel. It's Monday, November 2nd, 2015, and this is Twip. And welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Really interesting show for you today. We've got two newbies on the show that I have to haze and raise and rake over the coals like new recruits. We've got Miss Christine Allward and Mr. Tim Engel. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Hello, it's nice Hello. to actually be on. Yeah, you guys have been listening to the show once or twice before, right? So you've you know how the show goes. So it's like like I can I can lie to you and fool you, right? Yeah, long time I've been listening. Excellent, excellent. Well, now you're on the show. We'll reveal some other things, some other projects that we're working on um, down the line. But before we do that, Christine, um, tell us a little bit about you. You know what? It, what you're a photographer. You're also a model. You're also a production coordinator. You're you know you've got all kinds of also's behind no. your name. <laughs> I wear I wear a few hats. Um, yes, you do. So I am a photographer. I'm a portrait photographer. Um, mostly do family, senior, kids, newborn, 
Um, I do model, which I don't know really how that happened, but I've been modeling for a few years. Uh, it's because of Tim. Listen, listen to Tim. I don't know how that happened. I just became attractive accidentally, and then I fell in front of a camera, and it just happened. Okay, you joke, but that's kind of how it happened. <laughs> I had no aspirations for modeling, um, but I met Tim, started modeling. You know, he, I met him through a meetup group. I went as a photographer, not as a model, Ooh. and he said, you know, let me shoot you. You will learn things about photography that most photographers don't have the opportunity to experience because how many of them actually ever put themselves in front of a camera, you know? Yeah. So started modeling for Tim. That kind of actually, it went really well and kind of took off, um, which And your portfolio me... is, is stunning. I mean, I guess a credit to both of you guys, but your portfolio is, you know, in the top 1%, I'd say, of portfolios, oh, I'll right? I'll take that. Thank you. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty fantastic. We'll put a link to it in the in the uh in the the notes for this episode, but yeah, it's uh really good stuff. I'm going to talk to the the guy that's was on the other side of the camera with those in a second and get his perspective yeah. of working with you. But you're Christine, you're also a photographer in your own right. Like you said you're a portrait photographer. Mm-hmm. But what what's the percentage of time you say you spend behind the camera versus in front of the camera versus you know, being, you know, working with Tim and building shoots and stuff? Um, it's, it's gotten to a point where it's 50, 50. Um, when I first met Tim and start, first started working with him, um, it was weighted way more towards modeling and producing his shoots. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my goal is to build my, my business and my portrait business. So it's gotten to a point where it's half and half. Um, and you know, I wish it was, I had time for to do all of them all the time because I love all the aspects of what I get to do. Right. Um, but you know, I'm good with, with half and half. And as Tim gets bored with me and finds less uses for me, then <laughs> I have other things to do and I can, I can take more pictures. So. From what I've seen, I don't, I don't see that <laughs> happening anytime soon. So, all right, Tim. So what about you on your side of the camera? You saw this person that you could, you know, do your Jedi mind trick on and and bring her on as a muse as well as an assistant. How did that even go down? How did you do that? Well, what she said, I mean, it started with uh, a meetup group and she said, can you help me? And I said, get in front of the camera because those things that you can learn being in front that we can't learn, you know, some of us, I mean, I'm not gonna be in front of a camera modeling, so I can't get that aspect. So, um, and it worked. I mean, the the great thing was that her portfolio was so outstanding that clients that came to us with projects said, well, can we use that model? I'm like, it just so happens that model works for me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it worked out beautifully and you know, her work has progressed so well. I mean, she has done in a short span what I have not seen many photographers do in her own personal work and what she's making. It's just, she's doing really well with that. I love talking about Christine while she's in the hangout in third person. It's cool. She's very nice. She's smile. a really nice person, oh, yeah. you know. <laughs> All right, Tim, but you know, just so that's the Christine connection. So what about you yourself? So Tim Engel Photography, right? What's 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 your URL again for the that's, for- Yeah, Englephoto.com and the Engle photo is E N G L E P H O T O, of course. Okay. And you're you're up here in Northern California doing your thing up in Sacramento, right? Yep. So what's what's the the main thrust of what you do day to day? So it's commercial and fashion. Um, it ranges from corporate work, which is like this time of year, a lot of corporate work, 
to fashion, to catalog, to, um, you know, Z cards, to um, lookbooks for different manufacturers and designers and that type of stuff. And I also spend some time teaching and mentoring and um, doing workshops. Yeah. And you're that guy, we were talking the other day, you're the guy that's inundated by requests from models to shoot them. Right. Yeah, so I get a lot of requests. Most of us, the normal, you know, carbon-based photographers, have to have to go beg and find models to shoot. They're troll trolling themselves mayhem, into, yeah. yeah, troll model mayhem, and we know how that is. So, yeah, so no, I'm, I'm fortunate. I get a I get a fairly large amount of requests on a regular basis. Very cool. Very cool. Well, yeah, both of you, we'll put links to both of your sites in the show notes for this episode, but welcome, an official welcome Thank to you. the TWIP family to both of you guys. Thanks Thank for coming you. on today. I'm so excited to finally be, I listen to this all the time when I'm at the gym and when I'm doing stuff, so it's kind of crazy to be on it. Well, hey, you can listen to yourself next time you're at the gym. How about... <laughs> you're like, did I actually say that on the podcast? That's right. All right, guys, let's let's dive into the stories, the news for this week. And the big story or one of the big stories is that Canon uh, has recently announced their third quarter financials. And this came to us via Reuters or via imaging resource, actually, and reported by Reuters. Canon's operating profits have fallen to 71.8 billion yen or 665 million dollars. That's a decrease of 21 percent year over year. Similarly, Canon's revenue fell to 872 billion yen. Um, that's $7.25 billion. That's a decrease of 4.5 year over year. Now, Canon has cited the decrease in demand for digital cameras, specifically DSLR, and the money that they invested in new businesses as the reason for these lower, lower numbers. So in other words, they're saying, people aren't buying DSLRs and we spend a lot of money over here, you know, uh, but they're saying, you know, to, to try to put a positive spin on it, they're saying that uh, due to the weaker yen, the company expects full year profits of 370 billion yen or $3 billion. It's an increase of 9.7 year over year. Um, and that's five. And you got to take this last sentence with a grain of thought. That's 5 billion yen more than previous estimates. I hate when they say, you know. <laughs> That's more than it's like me saying, you know what? I'm expecting to make five dollars next year, and then I go on to make twenty thousand dollars. So <laughs> I can say I made all this more money than I expected. You know, you can spend things however you want, Christine. When you see that both of you guys, first of all, both of you guys are DSLR shooters, yes. um, and I'm the I'm the lone wolf that's a mirrorless guy. When we we do shoots together, and I show up, and I have this little tiny bag and tim you have a truck you know <laughs> full of stuff I know. so so what what does this make you think we've been saying on twip as you guys have heard maybe over the past several uh years or so we've been trying to call canon and nikon out for lack of innovation and you know just kind of moving slowly when all these other companies like panasonic and and you know, even Leica, Panasonic, Leica, uh, Olympus, and Sony just are just innovating like Silicon Valley style. What does this make you guys think as professional shooters that are shooting DSLR when you see these numbers, Christine? So, I mean, I am a Canon shooter. Tim's an Nikon shooter. Both still DSLR, but I mean, at first, it's like that's my brand, and I was just like, no, 
I'm sad. Like I'm sad because they're not amazing. Yeah. Um, And then I thought, ooh, maybe Christmas sales and I can get new stuff because I got (laughs) to make up for it. You're a bottom feeder. (laughs) I'm a bottom feeder. Um, But I mean, I... As far as innovation, I I know that they're lacking. I'm not a gearhead like the two of you. I'm really slow to yeah. like go to the new thing. You do. You show up with your one bag and I look at you and I'm so jealous. <laughs> Cuz I'm like I love that stuff. I feel like all this gear is more woman friendly. I'm like I'm little. Like carrying all my stuff around is getting hard for me. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's that, but you know, the the fact that they're not selling DSLRs, I kind of think for business, I'm like, well, that means there's less moms with their Canon Rebels that look at me and they go, well, I have the same kind of camera you do, so I can do my own photo shoot. I don't need to hire you. Yeah, I'm like, that's good, exactly stop right. buying them. Use your iPhone. <laughs> like, that, you Canon hit it right can on the make head. It. You hit it right on the head because I, I can't imagine, or I can't imagine being inside of Canon in their, you know, their strategy meetings and they're thinking, okay, what do we do for 2016 and 2017 and all this? And these guys have to be getting hammered, right? Because you look at mm-hmm. Apple and their relentless onslaught, Apple and Android and Google, your relentless onslaught of these phones that have decimated the point and shoot market and are, you know, kind of eyeing the professional market with right. the, some of the quality of 4K and these little things. I mean, right. it's, it's crazy and it's mind shifting, especially you add in the shift to digital or to online, how most people are sharing their images online anyway. So they're like, right. yeah, that's a great camera that shoots nine bazillion megapixels, but you know what? Uh, I only need, you know, 1024 by 768 for for, right. for online. So there's that. Well, and then, the- then the other piece of it is, you know, the mirrorless. So you get hit by these camera phones and then you get hit by the mirrorless guys. What's mm-hmm. Canon supposed to do? What do you think? Well, I think, I mean, you know, I looked at, I was like, oh, business development. That sounds exciting. Like, mm-hmm. what am I going to get out of that? And I go look at it and there it's like videos, night video surveillance and stuff Security for semiconductors. Or... And it's like, they're not even innovating for a professional photographer They're, right. you know, and I, I guess I knew that because I've seen the articles about these crazy, like uber high ISO images that have been coming out of Canon. And I go look at them and I think, wow, that's amazing. And then I go look at how much it costs. I'm like, okay, well, that's not consumer level. Like, mm-hmm. that's like a $30,000 video surveillance yeah, camera yeah. that does not me no us. good. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that their their business development isn't even in the market of professional photography is kind of worrisome to me because what are they making that I can use? Probably yeah. nothing. I'm going to have to jump ship sooner or later. Yeah, to me, Tim, I want to have you chime in on this because to me, I look at this and you know, I'm not bashing. I really want these guys. These are like, like, I just published an interview today with uh, uh, Nikki, um, the woman, what's her last name? Zongroni. There's Zongroni. She's the the president at Kodak Alaris of the Consumer Im- Imaging Group. I just posted it to Twip um, Talks this morning. And th- part of that conversation was their lack of innovation, which led to bankruptcy in the reorg and now this new company, which is Kodak Alaris, you know, and back when Kodak was in its heyday, like I said, in that interview, they were one kid in on the playground that had all the toys, you know, yeah. and now there's a crowd of, of kids there, some big kids, some small kids, mm-hmm. some, you know, there's everybody on the playground now fighting for the same toys, but now they're coming back into that market, but they're coming back in swinging. I look at this and I'm like, is Canon 
and Nikon, et cetera, are they repeating what Kodak did, you know, way back then? Tim, Tim, what do you think? It worries me because I put all of my eggs in a Nikon basket. Yeah. And if they're not going to continue to innovate, then like Christine said, I have to look to jump ship at some point probably. And I'm the same way. As I get older, I have less and less desire to carry a large bag. Um, yeah. Your you back know, has less and less desire to carry ab- Absolutely. And I think that, um, and you know. And Tim works out. <laughs> and so I think that, um, you know, even with like the technology that they're putting in, you know, with apps and the ability for me to add features and take features away and do things that I want. Um, you know, I feel like my Nikon is just like this thing that does one thing. And I mean, just the other day I was trying to get one shot. It was like kind of a nice sunset. And I couldn't get my camera out quick enough to get the settings I wanted. So I pulled my iPhone out and got that shot, you know, and it's yeah. like, it, you know, it's, it's not and, a nimble and you device. And you have a success. So you could have just, you know, shot 4K of that whole thing right, if you wanted to. Yeah. My Nikon's not even 4K. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's scary, but you know, you, you think of it, see Tim, you're, you paint a, you paint a really accurate picture. Cause you're like, okay and we're in the same you and I are in the same demographic Christine you're you're you know you're not in our demographic or or age range but you know we're in the same demographic of you know I don't want to be carrying this stuff around I've carried all this stuff around for decades and now technology thankfully is getting to a point now where I don't have to carry all that around and I can still do stuff that I couldn't do way back when with this other stuff so I feel like we see we have seen as consumers the writing on the wall for years we've been talking about on twip for years that this stuff is coming down but i think a lot of folks are like you christine where they're like you know uh, uh, it kind of works it works great for me and i'm i don't change that much anyway light is still the same you know so i could still do my style i'm all good but those folks i think are gonna be like tim and i so tim and i are on the edge of you know what i I, i'm a geek i like the tech and i want to change plus i'm getting older i don't want to carry all this stuff around and then right behind us are people that are like, you know what, this other stuff is is actually kind of cool. I want to do this other stuff with it. What in my mind, I look at Canon and I'm like, okay, you guys almost have a battle plan written for you by these other competitors to, on how to execute. Build a camera, look at what they did and see what's popular right. and build that and make it work with Canon lenses. You're done. You know, that's I, it. Yeah. I totally don't get what's taking so long. I mean I don't get it. I haven't switched. I mean, doing the kid stuff, I'm like on the ground chasing little kids. And I, I haven't switched because nothing works as fast for me yeah. yet. Yeah, the focusing. Yeah. The focusing. I mean, I just, I ke- nothing can keep up with a two-year-old <laughs> yeah, yet. Yeah. So I haven't switched from my Canons, but at the same time, I look at them and I'm just like, what are you doing? Come out mm-hmm. with something. I don't care about video surveillance or semiconductors or L-series printers. I'm like... No, just just give me a nice little small form camera that's fast. I know you guys can do it. Well, what's, Tim, what's does this so long? does this mean maybe maybe we're looking at this the wrong way? We're 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 looking at these guys and saying, "Hey, innovate and do something like these other competitors are doing." Maybe we look at it a diff- from a different perspective and say, "Okay, maybe you're conceding the market to all these competitors and instead you're going to con- you're going to focus on these other things like Christine you were saying like, you know, more enterprise level features." Mm-hmm. Do you think that you, you that might be the case? I don't know. I'm just reaching. It's hard to say. I mean, I think that they're just not the nimble machines that the other guys are right now. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I go to a camera store locally and I watch people, you know, shopping for cameras and they have, you know, a big Nikon sitting on the, on the counter or they have a small Fuji mm-hmm. and, you know, and the Fuji is $500 less and the Nikon's that much bigger. And what are they going to choose? You know, they're going to go with the smaller, a little bit cheaper, which in image quality, there's not, they're all so amazingly good anymore. I mean, we're just, you know, they're, yeah, just, is it uh, different different flavors of awesome now? You know, it's yeah. like you can't really make a bad choice these days. It's more no. of it's more of the system that you you know, and the switching costs. It's the system that that most the system, i.e., operating system that most clicks with the way your brain fires, and the investment that you have in peripherals like lenses and all these other things that stop you from switching. Like Christine, I know if I'm um, I'm assuming if you could wave a magic wand and convert the stuff you have now into some other system, would you, or would you stay where you are? <sighs> like if there were no switching costs, if you oh. were just like, there's no switching costs. Like someone well, said, Hey, I mean, we're going to give you a one-to-one. You give me your fast 50. We're going to give you this matching fast 50 from whatever other manufacturer you want to go to. So there's no switching costs. Would you switch or would you stay put? It, I mean, to me, cost is a part of it, but there's also the years of muscle memory, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like if I could take using something and transfer that, that's one thing. I mean, you know, cost is part of it, but not having to think when I'm working, when I only have a split second to get a kid's reaction. Yeah. That's huge. If I have to think about what I'm doing and I miss the shot. I mean, sure. It may not take me that long to learn it. it. I mean, that's part of life and I know I can do that'd it. That'd be like, that's, that's like, that's like saying, I know it's like saying, <laughs> you know what? I, I really don't want to get in that Tesla because I am so accustomed <laughs> to this horse and buggy. I know what this horse, I, I know what he you. thinks. I know what to feed him, you know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Valid. But it's just, just saying that cost isn't the only, you know, I guess if it were free, I would probably do it. That's yeah. that's the honest answer. <laughs> what about you, Tim? What, what do you think? If no switching costs, would you jump ship or would you stay with Nikon? If it was, if, you know, no cost and it was like lens for lens, I probably would jump. I mean, the idea of now having a smaller bag and a lighter bag, um, I would be into it. Yeah, um, yeah. It has to yeah. keep up with me. I mean, Nikon still, I mean, I, I worked with the Sony um, last winter a bunch and mm-hmm. it doesn't keep up with how I shoot in the studio. Which which Sony were you shooting with? The A7? Uh, A7, I think it was the R. Oh, the R. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's not... See, that's the wrong tool for the, the wrong job. You're a fashion shooter. The A7R is like that camera... And this is Sony's fault because they made them look exactly the same. The Sony A7R should be treated more like a medium format camera. You know, it's it's that kind of camera where it's like, okay, I'm ready to shoot and clunk you get the shot you know yeah um the a7s is more of a street photographer's low light monster you know and they they have different cameras that do different things but they all look the same and they market them <laughs> they market mm-hmm. relatively the same so you have to like dig to figure out which one's right for you then what ends up happening is a pro fashion shooter gets his hands on one of these and it's like yeah let me try the a7r and it's the wrong one you know yeah. and the quality so, was great when i got it but it's like it just you know like the keeping up with me wasn't good yeah no it's not for that yeah that's i think the a7r would be the camera maybe that ansel adams would have bought if he was around today you know because it's <laughs> it's that kind of more considered camera where you look at everything and you're ready to get it and click you get the shot yeah 
All right, guys, uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about YouTube. They've launched a new ad-free subscription service called YouTube Red. We're going to talk about how this might impact content creators and photographers. If you haven't checked out Squarespace lately, you really should pop over to squarespace.com and have a look. The templates they use are stunning and completely remove the need to do any coding or maintenance. And if you want, you can customize these templates to meet your particular aesthetic. The sites look professionally designed regardless of your skill level. You don't need any coding skill or any magic like that. Their intuitive tools are easy to use. Squarespace also has state-of-the-art technology powering the site to make sure that it's secure and stable. And also, it's trusted by millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world are using Squarespace. Plans start at $8 a month and you can even get a free domain if you sign up for a year. You can start your free trial today with no credit card required over at squarespace.com. Then when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code TWIP to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, build it beautiful. All right, guys, welcome back. We are going to dive into story number two. This is about YouTube Red. So basically, YouTube Red is a membership that uh, YouTube, i.e. Google slash YouTube or Google Tube announced um, where for just 10 bucks a month, they guarantee subscribers access to ad free videos and you can watch them offline as long as you're signed into your account. Um, and they'll, uh, let's see, I'm reading this here. YouTube will extend the subscription to their recently launched gaming application and their music app, which will be made available soon. So music app, which goes head to head against the Spotify's and the Apple Music's of the world. Uh, and also offers the bonus of gaining access to the Google Play Music app, which uh, it currently has a collaboration with. So this is interesting. And I tried this out. I want to know if you guys tried it out. So being the geek and early adopter, I'm like, yeah, I want to see. And um, I use YouTube a lot. I have a TV in my office back there where I watch tutorials and, you know, different things on um, all day. So I'm like, okay, let me try this out. It'd be nice to not watch, to not have to deal with these ads all the time because they're intrusive. Um, so after three or four days playing with it, I can honestly say that I don't know if I could go back to a world with ads on my, <laughs> on my, YouTube. it's so nice not okay. seeing these, these irrelevant ads every couple of minutes. Um, so that's the first thing that I say, but the second thing is $10 seems expensive to pay for something that. I don't feel like should have been there to begin with. I mean, I know it's, a, it's an ad-supported service, yada, 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 all this. But you remember, YouTube started out, there were no ads. Right. And then, mm -hmm. and then ads showed up, and we got used to them. And now they're saying, oh, if you want to go back to what it was before when it was free, we need 10 bucks a month to pay. So it's, you know, that rubs me a little wrong. I think 5 bucks, four ninety nine, might have been a little bit better. Um, and then the third thing was the impact, like we like said in the intro there, the impact to content creators like us. So we're actually creating content for YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, so they had lots of complaints when they launched it because they essentially didn't give content creators any choice. It was kind of a, you know, uh, it was a George Bushian moment. Either you're with us or you're against us. <laughs> you know? So they said content creators, yeah, you don't have to participate in it, but we're not going to show any of your stuff, you know, so... So I don't know, Tim, what did you think of this? I mean, you, you will soon be a YouTube content creator. Uh, what, what did you think of this deal? Well, spending nine bucks or, you know, 10 bucks a month on that. I mean, I use YouTube now for Photoshop tutorials, 
for small how-to videos. Mm -hmm. So really the ads aren't that intrusive for me. Um, And I feel like personally, it's like if I'm going to spend nine bucks a month, then I'll probably spin it to an educational network that like a me, Linda, like Linda creative live or something like that. Right. Yeah. I'd much rather spend if I was going to spend money to, to something like that. But if you're, if you're only using YouTube for that, yeah, that makes sense. But I tend to use YouTube for like everything. Like, so there's, okay, I need to learn how to do so-and-so with my YouTube channel. I'll find it in 10 seconds on YouTube. Then it goes to long form videos from political people. And then, photographer tutorials from Serge Ramili and you know it just goes on and on and on you know there's twip you know there's all kinds of stuff in there I feel like I'm I watch more YouTube I think and I I, I'm sure I'm I'm a fringe compared to like teenagers and those guys Mm -hmm. you know I I watch more YouTube than I do anything else you know I'm um, that's the content I generally consume. And then when it's when it's not you to YouTube it's either going to be Netflix or Hulu or something like that so for me, I'm looking at it, and then especially when they add in the music side of it. So I could see if I didn't have a if if I didn't have Spotify, if I didn't have Apple Music, and I needed an all-in-one solution for ten bucks a month, I'd get that. So I would get essentially Spotify, which is the same amount. I would get the tutorials that you talk about, Tim. So kind of a pseudo Linda. Um, I'd get all the other content. They've got all kinds of you know ridiculous kind of amount of content on there. So I feel like. It is kind of worth it, but it's just that it was free. Uh, then it it was it was free with no ads. Then it was free with ads, and now it's kind of free <laughs> right. and not. You know, I don't know, Christine. What do you think? So, I mean, I think you know, talking about Spotify and Hulu, they did the same thing a while ago. I think YouTube's late in the game for mm. adding a fee. I've already committed to my Amazon and my Netflix monthly things like I don't want to add they're now like third or fourth on my list to go to YouTube I've already committed to these other subscription services you know I don't know how many I don't use the Google music you know I've already committed to well I use RDO I'm like even an outlier in my music wow you're the the one I'm the one (laughs) it's great well they were social before Spotify was you know they had a social integration so you could learn new music through them but you know one thing I, when I read this, I was like, okay, this is, I don't, I don't know. This is boring. So I went mm-hmm. and read the blog post and the cool thing is they say they wanted to do it to invest in the creativity of their top content creators. So yeah. they're actually using some of this to give their top content creators the ability to make their own shows, yeah, which is which actually is co- really cool. That is really cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. I read YouTube descriptions. originals. Right? Yeah. I, I read some descriptions. I don't personally find them all that interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but the fact that they want to, you know, it is just user created content. So the fact that they want to kind of give back to the creative community that helped build them and create such a strong followership. I think that's really awesome. Yeah. Um, but I, wonder, I, th- I think it's kind of late in the game. You know, I don't, I've never gone to YouTube for entertainment purposes. I'm kind of with Tim. It's like, oh, I need to learn how to clean my dishwasher disposal. Or I like, I'm like, oh, I have to learn something really fast. Let me yeah. go find it's out. The how. default. It's a de facto stores for. Yeah, and I understand that it's free content. So a thirty seconds of my time, I'm probably trying to get whatever out of the dishwasher anyway while I'm waiting for the YouTube thing to start. 
they're playing. Yeah, so. maybe it's just me because I'm just like it. Once once I went back to no ads, it's just like oh. But I mean, you know, yeah, I don't Hulu, have to. I Hulu, feel like I'm not being yeah. inundated with messaging, you know, on on the service. It just it's relaxing. Yeah. Hulu did the same thing. It was yeah. free, totally free. Then right. there were ads. Then there was a subscription. But this was years ago. I feel like YouTube's kind of too late. I don't know. They're like fourth yeah, on my, I don't know. They're, they're, on my they're list a, now. YouTube is a monolith. You know, they're gig- no, they're the T Rex of the video sharing industry. So when they say I mean, just think, I don't know what their subscriber numbers are right now, but any number multiplied by $9.99 a month <laughs> is a No, is I a mean, yeah. Number. Yeah, it, well, it's and, crazy. So, I mean, and if you're not one of those top content creators that they're doing this for and you're someone just starting and now you've got these people who have paid the subscription going to your channel... And you're getting paid based on that. Like, I don't know how it's going to work if yeah. people are paying a subscription, but content creators are banking on views. Does for, that put a, you in the bottom of the hill? Like, I don't, I, I'd be interested in knowing how that's going to work out for the people not in their top. Me too. One, yeah, we got to get, we got to get a, I'm going to get a YouTuber on here and, and talk to them one-on-one and see, maybe I'll get them on Twip Talks and see what their perception is from the inside out. You know, one of those guys with like a bazillion followers that have been monetizing their channels because some of these top end YouTubers are making, you know, really, really good money. We're talking, you know, six figures is, is like pauper status with these guys. So, well, and and I don't even think you have to be a top content creator to get like a good second income. I mean, you Mm -hmm. know, I, I have a friend who just started, um, he just doing like kids music videos, educational music videos, mm-hmm. stay at home, dad just started it, like hit millions of views really quickly. Like, how is this going to affect him? He's not in the you know top percentage, but he's enough to bring some income for his family. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How to? Where does that nine ninety nine split for him? I, like, how I'm does that curious. Affect him? I'm curious, Tim, Tim, what do you think? So, I mean, you know, first of all, do you feel like you're in the target market to be plunking down 10 bucks a month just to reduce these ads? And, and then secondly, like what Christine brought up the whole revenue quote revenue split that YouTube is doing with the content creators. I look at that when I read that, I read the same thing you read Christine. And I was like, yeah, I wonder what the, that that's great marketing copy guys. But what's the real deal? You know, Mm -hmm. what do you think too? I don't think I'm the demographic for that stuff. I mean, my kids are the demographic for that stuff. They're the ones that, I mean, they're on YouTube daily. Yeah. Um, they're seeing that stuff. They're, you know, they have their, you know, content creators they follow that they look at regularly. I mean, I see them pop up on the TV. Um, but is it a bigger hill to climb if somebody's starting out now? It's like, does that like big, a bigger separation between the, the, the top end and the low end? And it's going to be, you know, too mammoth for a little guy to start out. I don't know. How does that? I don't think so. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, like I said, I'm not in that world. That, that is a whole interesting offshoot of the entertainment industry, the whole world that YouTube has built there. Um, So on the one hand, I do applaud them for innovate. You know, I don't know if this is innovation, but let's say strategic monetization of their audience, Mm -hmm. their user base. So you got to applaud them for that. They're a business that's, that is beholden to their shareholders. So you know, this is this has got to be an interesting move from that standpoint. You know, I remember remember a couple of years ago, like Christine, like you're saying, YouTube used to be free, 
And then when YouTube or when Google purchased YouTube, it was all about, geez, why are they buying that dog? You know, they're buying that dog. it's not even profitable. What's the revenue model? You know, and now they have a revenue model and they've proven that they right. kind of own the video universe. And we're, you know, we're saying, hey, you know, what's up with that? Well, and then I think, I mean, Amazon and Netflix with their original, because they're not just doing content for their creatives. They're going to do other original content too, I believe. Mm -hmm, I read mm -hmm. in the blog post and it's like, I read some of them and they're not good. (laughs) And you know, and and it's like Netflix is now winning awards for Orange is the New Black and House of Cards. And it's like, I don't, you know, that's a, that's a big act to follow. Yeah, as far yeah. as you know online not network original content original uh content so yeah, yeah. you, you know, gotta wonder they though have to, if they can't compete with oranges and new black i don't know like like fast luck. forward fast forward i know that's a great show i watched that too but fast forward into the future um as we grew up you know there are a handful of movie studios down in the Hollywood area that, you know, they were the gatekeepers for making all these blockbusters and they control what we see in the the theaters and Mm -hmm. in many cases what's on TV out of New York and all this stuff. But now, you know, I see things like YouTube and Netflix and Hulu Originals and HBO, all these guys are doing their own thing now. And I'm wondering, like, even the YouTube, does this mean, like, say in 2015, or not 2015, but say 2020 or so, we're going to see... You're going to go to the theater and say, hey, uh, you know, this year's big blockbuster hit of the year from YouTube, YouTube. Studios. Totally. Boom, boom, boom. You know, totally starring Tim happening. Tim and Christine or something. Well, oh, like that. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, but like, but user yeah. created. In other words, the barriers to entry for for television and yeah. wide distribution have fallen away. Those are gone. For sure. Right? But now it seems like the one of the next dominoes to fall is movies and and these kind of big productions and these you know these guys have proven they have the studio chops to do this and the revenue to mm-hmm. build these oranges oranges and new black and you know these kind of original series is the next thing you know a, a first run movie and in a, a yeah. studio full-length feature film yeah full maybe length, thank you yeah you'll yeah. see those i think for sure i think you'll see um netflix coming out with like bigger full-length They've done a couple already, but like Christine said, they were like, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like nothing. I want to see something out of YouTube or Netflix or somebody that's like, you know, Star Wars, you know, yeah. or, you know, It'll something happen. ridiculous, yeah. Transformers or, you know, maybe something better than that. But, you know, something big, you know, you yeah. think so? I think I mean, TV is like leading the way. There's more viewership on some of these online content creators than I think network. I mean, network cable is freaked out about it, right? Like Mm -hmm. they're upping their game. I don't see how it won't translate to movies. It's got to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The big, the big three, you know, TV, CBS, NBC, those guys, I I haven't looked at any of those channels. You know, I'm on AMC with walking dead and those things now. It's like, I haven't gone to regular TV per se in like months. Yeah, 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 exactly. And now with Apple TV coming out, you know, it just started shipping last week. So Apple is capitalizing on the fact that everyone knows how to use their iPhone these days. And they're basically they're putting the iPhone on your television with the whole ecosystem. So now I can theoretically at some point be able to say, you know what, I'm uh, 
you know what? I want to go get that AMC app because <laughs> it's a couple clicks away and I got the AMC app and I'm signed in and I'm, I'm yeah. you know, subscribing to their content there. So taking the cable company out of the mix, except for giving me bandwidth, yeah. you know, which, which yeah. might hopefully, hopefully will be the future. I don't know, yeah. but it's the democratization of all this. I mean, it started in a lot of ways. It started with Napster, right? And MP3s becoming free, and they kind mm-hmm. of they open Pandora's box, and you go from the Napster generation to today, and see where the media distribution world has come. It's just, and this is a couple, you know, what a decade, couple a decade or so. It's just it's not that yeah. long. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is At crazy. Most, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. This is really cool. My Apple TV, by the way, is on its way. It should be Uh-oh. here tomorrow. Yeah, I'm excited to get that thing. This episode of TWIP is sponsored by iFi. iFi has a brand new vision for helping you manage your photography. Here's how they look at photography workflows, old versus new. The old way, point, shoot, download, organize, backup, die of boredom, then rinse and repeat. The new way, point, shoot, and iFi iFi pulls all of your original resolution photos from your digital camera and smartphone and puts them into a single, intelligently organized library. This library is then immediately viewable from all of your devices, and iFi backs up everything to the cloud as well as your desktop automatically. The best thing is you can try it for free today, twip.pro slash iFi. That's T-W-I-P dot P-R-O slash iFi. And we'd like to thank iFi for their support of This Week in Photo. All right, uh, guys, let's move on to story number three. And this is about an app called Visco. I think you pronounce it Visco. This story mm-hmm. comes to us from The Verge, V-S-C-O. So they've released a new application called Disco, D-S-C-O. <laughs> dsco which is a um it's a new app it's a gift creation app and it's available today um and i'm not going to spend too much time on this and i really i wanted to talk about this and have people go check it out i haven't even checked it out yet i'll do it after the show but i wanted to have you guys comment on it from the standpoint of this it seems to be like we're moving in this direction of lots of motion in our still photos which you both know i love (laughs) that's kind of my that thing gets me excited these days about photography is, you know, cinemagraphs and, and motion and Apple now with their, you know, the, the animations that you do on the phone, the camera, the shots that you do on your phone. Tim, what do you think about this? I mean, like from your standpoint, commercial fashion shooter is animated. The idea of the animated photo, is this a, is this a fad or is this the shape of things to come? I think it's one more part of it. I think it's just one more way we're going to try and tell the story that we want to. Um, I think now like Facebook allows videos and GIFs, um, even as profile pictures, correct? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I, what I was thinking the other day when I saw the show notes was, well, if I put a GIF on my profile picture, is that going to get more notice for me as a, as a photographer? So if I have a moving image and you're scrolling through things and that pops up, is that more, you know, people are more likely to click over there and take a look at that stuff than if it's just a still image. Mm-hmm. So that from a marketing standpoint, that was interesting to me. And then even with Instagram, it's like, if I can make something that's interesting, that moves, that catches attention, then marketing wise, that's not a bad thing. Uh, I, yes, I agree. But then a part of me disagrees because I think with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> and you remember, remember when animated gifts first showed up, Tim, you're old enough to remember this. 
when they first showed up and people were putting these stupid flashing banners and arrows and all this crap everywhere that just destroyed. It looked like Vegas. Are you Every time you went to of, a web page. Uh, was that being MySpace? The, MySpace? Yeah. That? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't get me started on that. So like tastefully done. I think this is a technology and a technique that you're right. It's it's another tool in our toolbox for telling the story and doing something cool with. However, as we know, the race that we belong to, humans, tend to abuse good things. Yes, true. <laughs> you tend to abuse good things. And they, uh, you know, there's all kinds of nastiness that can come out from doing this stuff. Christine, what do you, what do you think? Do you think the animated GIF, the cinemagraph is the shape of things to come? Or is it uh, Pandora's box? Uh, you know, I, I would like to see it be what comes i haven't aside from you of course seen mm-hmm. any that i think are worthy of being the next thing you're they just all saying that you still... can say mine weren't worthy it's okay no because i was in yours so you were in one yes <laughs> oh for those that don't know we'll put we'll embed this we'll embed the cinemagraph that i did of christine in the blog post for this episode so you can see it yes and a cinemagraph is different than a gif right like a gif is a little piece of video that's just on a loop whereas a mm-hmm. cinemagraph you're holding a piece of the image true but they're both you could still I mean, you could still do a cinemagraph oh yeah you're right a cinemagraph technically is a still image with a little bit of motion somewhere in there that surprises you an animated gif is typically like you know somebody doing a layup over and over right. again on a loop but the technology is similar so you could do a cinemagraph where you could do a you could do an animated gif where only part of the image moves you know and it sure. is then technically yeah. a cinemagraph so. right so i mean i i think now that it will be in the hands of the masses sometimes you get more amazing things that way um yeah. to me when i hear gif i just always think of like Cheap. epic fails like crashes or like it's always a joke right like mm-hmm. even now on facebook where you can search their like gif thing and you start typing in something and it's always jokey it's never College serious humor. yeah yeah like i would love to see people take it in a more artistic creative way and i i'm you know i think the people that use visco are tend to have more of that aesthetic so i think if we put this in their hands maybe we'll get something more beautiful <laughs> than a guy going down a snowy hill on a sled and crashing a hundred times yeah. over i know um, i know and it, it's funny because after we got this i got the email from visco saying hey we just launched disco and they do confirm that it's pronounced disco Good. in their email and they Good. have a disco ball gif <laughs> and the hashtag of if you're going to make them and post them, the hashtag is join the disco. Oh, just so you know. <laughs> that is very cool. I may join the disco this evening. How about that? So, yeah, I mean, I do. I hope it takes gifts. If my perception is that gifts are weird jokes, I hope that putting this in the hands of the users that use Visco religiously means that we get gifts that are prettier. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're seeing all kinds of stuff show up. Like I said, Apple with the release of the of the uh the iphone 6s they added the feature in there to you know make animated mm-hmm. photos it ca- captures just a couple of seconds of yeah. photography there are now apps out there i actually have one on my phone there are apps out there that will take those images that your iphone has recorded mm-hmm. those little animations and make a gift from them so oh, wow. 
which essentially then means they're compatible with the rest of the internet instead of just Apple and, you know, the places Apple chooses to work with, which is awesome. And it kind of opens that up a little more. And it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of an indication where Apple will probably go with an update, you know, letting you save it as an, as a gift. But then you, you know, on that's, I look at that stuff like on the left side, on the far right side, you have the more pro level things like what we did with Mm -hmm. Cinemagraph Pro and Flixel where you have a more considered almost after effects style representation mm-hmm. and purpose purposeful purposefully <clears throat> shot image that mm-hmm. is designed to be a work of art and not hey look at that cat sliding across the floor let me shoot that video and loop right. it you know yeah so, so i don't know yeah, yeah you're I right mean, I, mean, I think they could be in the windows of storefronts i, th- I mean i think there's tons of application for it i just I haven't seen anything worthy of being in. A There's a ton. Level. I'll send you some links. Actually, uh, I have a I have a Pinterest board that's oh. set up. That I can I will, find it then. You <laughs> can find it. Board? I have a Pinterest board set up with tons of my favorite cinemagraphs. So, Uh-oh. Twip listeners, yeah. if you're not following me on Pinterest, follow me and check out that board because it's I, it's I, some ridiculously cool stuff in there. I also feel like I might have unrealistic expectations for what they should look like because I've seen some that are pretty, but I'm like, but I can tell. Like, I want yeah. it to be surreal. Right. Yes. Yeah. You See, know? I spoiled you like, with my work. That's, it, the, that's, that's right. exactly what it is. <laughs> so, no, there's some that are great. And, I, th- you know, the thing I don't like about a lot of gifts is they end and then they restart. I want it to just mm-hmm. be this weird, fluid. My I don't thing, know. Maybe I, hear ex- I hear you exactly. <laughs> my thing is... Like Tim was saying, this is a new, this is a new, a relatively new art form. And mm-hmm. like, even when you look at my Pinterest, you'll see um, lots of interesting and, oh, that's kind of cool, you know, type shots. Mm-hmm. But there's only a, there's very few of them that tell a story. Like mm-hmm. Tim was talking about, this is a new way to tell a story rather than, hey, there's a pretty girl standing on the, on a balcony in New York City and her hair is blowing. Right. Okay, right. that's cool, and right. I like the shot. But what's the story behind it? Like the shot that you and I did, Christina, that we all did. We all worked on the shot. The shot that we did with you pouring tea. We, you came up with the concept, and you visibly ha- or you had in your mind what the concept of the shot was going to be and what the story was, mm-hmm. and we executed it and told the story. So I, I think that's where a lot of the stuff needs to go right. into more of yeah story. You know, just tell a story. Yeah, it's all this technology. I just keep putting it in my bag and keep looking for opportunities to use it. And if it works, yeah. it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And, you know, yeah. it's one more, one yeah. more thing to de- deliver my client. Yeah, I the do. other thing that I find missing a lot from these cinemagraphs is they're always silent. <laughs> you know, they're 99% of the time, it's just completely silent. And I'm like, you have audio. You could add layers of audio to this thing to give it that extra dimension of reality and suspend disbelief mm-hmm. using the whole thing. Why make this, you know, uh, you know, make it make it a talkie <laughs> instead of a silent film, you know? I don't know. Is it just me or do they look What do you guys think? Do do these cinemagraphs work better silent or or what? It depends on the image. I yeah. think that I mean, I you know, the pouring image you did I think was perfect for what you had. Yeah. Um, you know, if you have an image of a woman, you know, her hair is blowing in the wind, you know, a wind noise would be great. Um, right. Yeah. Like in the in the example of, a, say, a New York scene, beautiful woman standing on a balcony looking out over Times Square or something. Her hair is blowing. What I'd want to hear is 
like you said, a little bit of wind blowing, maybe some chatter of people off camera and some sounds of New York City in the background. How, you know, horns honking and, you know, people shouting and the murmur of crowds. All that together, I feel like, would complete the illusion rather than just this woman standing there. Even if you don't have a story, you add in a little bit of audio in there. It seems to seems like it would work a little better. Yeah, the yeah. audio would be would help the story. I mean, she's at a party. She's you know on her balcony. She hears mm-hmm. you know there's kids in the background, so it can change the story totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we were um, where were we? We were at a shoot in Sacramento. I was talking to one of your models, Olga, um, when we were on the shoot, and we were doing a cinemagraph, which I'm editing now. And one of the things I told her was what, where I would like to see all this stuff go is like, A, you're telling a story with a cinemagraph, but B, you're also writing a small paragraph or a small short story to go along with this. You know, say it's not for a client or something, but why not capture the frame and then describe what's going on? So really paint the picture verbally as well as orally with audio and visually with the with the motion in the scene then you have a complete piece that you can deliver online and everyone can enjoy it because online you can see video you can hear audio and you can see text why not combine all those together to make something wicked sure you're too far ahead of everyone else Frederick. (laughs) (laughs) is that my brain works you know i just want to see this stuff i want to see it i'm I'm afraid i'm gonna die before it all happens (laughs) yeah well I, i wonder what if there's any sort of like age i mean you see a lot more moving content on instagram and like you know tim was saying now facebook has the feature where you can have your profile be a gif or video i have not seen one right and i mean at least in my world my facebook audience generally i would say is probably older than my instagram one so you know maybe kids are just going to start making the most amazing gifs I I think that's Ever. the case. Well, Snapchat, the case. yeah, Snapchat, Instagram, they're going to use all those tools there. Yeah. I mean, there's so much stuff. I mean, like we we could do a whole nother show on those tools. I mean, I know both of you guys are into Periscope now, you know, and it's Periscope and being able to do that stuff and Snapchat just released an update where they added slow-mo and all this stuff. It's just Yeah. It's almost like I was thinking I was sitting back the other day and I was just thinking like, is it me? Am I slowing down? <laughs> because, or is are things speeding up? Because I I was sitting there, I was like, okay, I just got a new camera. I got my GX8. It's got a new camera. I got to you know get intimate with that and figure out how it works. Um, Snapchat just released this new update. Apple TV's on its way. Uh, you know, all my apps. Every time I look at my phone, the app app icon says mm. thirty new updates. You know. <laughs> I got to go figure out what each one of those new updates is. And, you know, it's just a barrage of updates all the time. You know, at Mm -hmm. what point do you, I mean, are we supposed to keep up with this stuff or do you just like deflect it off and focus on what's important, which is telling stories and photography? Tim, what do you think? Well, I, I even think about like Lightroom updates and Photoshop updates. And it's like, I, I won't jump on it unless is going to make it better. I mean, the, the worst scenario in the world for me is to update and then I'm down because it didn't do something correctly or I can't use it. So yeah. um, if the updates are going to make my life better, I'm all over it. If it's going to speed things up for me and make it more efficient, I'm into it. Um, apps, but I'm getting up. bitter though. I'm, I'm becoming the bitter curmudgeon because <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I, I just imagine these 
these because I've been in these cycles, right? Imagine these developers in Silicon Valley that are like they got their to do list and they're trying to impress their boss. You're like, okay, for this next release, I'm gonna do all this stuff, you know. And I'm like, dude, stop with the updates. <laughs> it works great. Just let me use it for a while the way it is and stop changing it for a minute. Well, and you know, that happened with one of my favorite apps, and that was uh, the Hipstamatic. Uh huh. You know, I loved that app and I was an early adopter on it and I used it and they updated it and it's very different and not as useful for me right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know, it so just keeps going. Change isn't always a great thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I would argue it's getting it's getting less and less of a great thing because we have these awesome apps that are great to begin with. But for some reason, there's this constant pressure to update and innovate and add features and refresh and, you know, and just keep going. And at some point we're like, OK, I just want to be like Christine, like you're saying, I want to be a photographer. I just want to shoot. I just want to do this stuff and get comfortable with my tools so that I have I can build up muscle memory. But the this rapid pace of change means you will never build up muscle memory for anything <laughs> you're just, you're always flabby because you're always trying to figure out what the new feature is and how to make it work for yourself i don't know no that's the that's the old curmudgeon mm-hmm. Frederick. <laughs> i am totally opposite of both of you <laughs> a a my iphone is on auto update Ugh. so oh, i don't that even would kill me that i don't even, kill me yeah i just let it happen and b i figure it keeps my brain working if I have to figure, like, what are the the apps that like are brain challenges that you do every day? That's just yeah. going into an app that is updated every day, right? Like, <laughs> and figuring it out. Jeez, <laughs> oh, you know, it, having auto update on, on for me would be like, and I've said this on the show before. It would be like getting in my car and oh, some developers decided to move where the start button is. <laughs> Oh, they think it's more efficient if you put it over here now. And I'm like, I just need to get to my appointment, you know? How long does it really take to figure it out? They always come with with little diagrams that tell you what to do. But it's death by a thousand cuts, you know? It doesn't take it doesn't take a whole lot of time to figure it out, but I've got like I have no idea how many apps I have on my phone. Yeah, I've got a bazillion apps. Every time I look at it, literally every single time I look at it. (laughs) There's there's a red number on the app icon. <laughs> That's I, still, I, I don't want to see a red number on there. You know, I hate that yeah. red number. That's I like me. I hate that red number. That's weird. I don't know why that is too. It's <laughs> like as far as my i my iPhone and my computer are totally different. My iPhone auto updates. I could care less about what got updated. My computer. I will let that update sit for a week. Mm-hmm. Two, two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Wait till the internet. Months crumbles because something what a shut up <laughs> you know i it's i don't know i'm i have polarizing opinions so, in my own so you're world saying your mission critical mobile device that you carry with you every single place you go you let that run on autopilot yeah but your computer that you're only at sporadically you're much more considerate about letting that thing update. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that makes sense. I don't know. I just don't, I mean, my phone, up, like, I have never opened an app and been like, oh my gosh, my world is over because this Well, I get to the, oh my gosh, and- I get to the, oh my gosh, my world is over status when they reset my password and I can't remember the password uh. and I need to get back in the app for something critical and I'm sitting there trying to figure out which of the because you know with all these security breaches i change my password every five minutes so i'm like okay which password did i use now okay let me reset and wait for the email and plug it in and all this stuff 
you know, I just don't want to do that anymore. So you don't, don't have do an it. app that manages your passwords? You don't have iSecure? I do. I do. I use one password on the Mac, but there's no there's no one password entity. Or actually one password is on the phone, but it doesn't like if you update an app, it's not going to repopulate your your password. But anymore. it's like you just go and copy it. It's so easy. Oh, see, see, this is from she who has 12 apps on her phone. <laughs> I have more than 12. I have 20 photo apps just in that folder. Oh, I don't know. I'm just, I know. Twip listeners are going to be like, Frederick, stop your whining. This is technology. You got all these first world problems, you know? No. Well, I just, I mean, I don't know. I don't get too concerned because I don't know. It's not going to stop and it keeps my brain functioning. And yeah. If I have yeah. to figure things out, then I'm critical thinking and yay for me. Yeah, I just know me. I know at some point I'm going to, I'm going to shut down and I'm just going to be like, you know what? I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not updating nothing. When I need to update, I'll update. But from and now on. And then you'll on, be like those people that I have to work for and I have to delete emails for them because they're no. too old to figure it out. They no, can't but see, up. you're going to turn into one of those. No, I'm not going to turn into that. But the goal, <laughs> the goal is to get so obscenely rich that I can hire a person. Oh, okay. <laughs> Everything I want to be driven around. None of this Uber stuff. Yeah, I want to be driven around on a driver. I want somebody updating my apps and just telling me what's I'll going on. I'll do it on. for you. I'll put it on auto. There you go. You yeah, know, you're like, yeah, it's on auto. That'll be twelve thousand dollars, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, I love it. All right, guys, let's take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about a new trend in landscape photography that is uh, a little controversial. <laughs> This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the easy-to-use invoicing solution that's helping freelancers and small business owners get organized and save time invoicing. You can try FreshBooks for free. Just head over to freshbooks.com twip and enter twip in the how did you hear about us section when you sign up. And as I've said on This Week in Photo before, we use FreshBooks as the back end to basically run most of the stuff behind the scenes on this business to keep the lights on and to keep everybody happy. Because as we all know, as creative professionals, we're not necessarily focused on capturing our income, expenses, and tracking billable time and all that. And I think the reason that we don't capture all of those things is simple. It's boring. We're creatives. We like fun stuff. We like Photoshop and Lightroom and you know, all these other cool things that let us express that side of our brain. And thankfully, FreshBook offers us as small business owners a way to quickly and easily keep track of our time and money without disrupting our workflow or, you know, sort of messing with our creative juices. With FreshBooks, you can invoice clients. It's easy. You can do it in seconds and expenses can be automatically imported so that you don't have to lift a finger. You're just doing the stuff on the back end while you do other cool stuff. You can even track billable time as easy as starting a timer on your on your mobile phone. You can whip up business reports. You can stay on top of your income, expenses, and tax time is coming up. So with a couple of clicks, you can generate reports for your CPA or your accountant so that you're staying out of trouble. So grab some popcorn, learn how to fresh books by watching some of their free getting started webinars. I'm a big fan of webinars and they've got some excellent ones online for you to check out. 
Once again, if you want to check FreshBooks out, you can just head over to freshbooks.com slash TWIP, enter the code This Week in Photo or TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section to start your free 30-day trial. All you need is an email address to uh, to try FreshBooks for free for 30 days. Just go over to freshbooks.com slash TWIP and enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section. And we want to thank FreshBooks for their support of This Week in Photo. All right, we are back uh, for a bonus story for this week in the photography. This comes to us from the Irish Examiner, and I don't know if this was a hoax or not. I'm I'm gonna say this was a hoax, um, but uh, how to say this? Just say it. Rip the bandaid off. <laughs> Let's rip the bandaid off. Okay, so the, this new genre of photography is called nutscaping <laughs> so let me just read this how about i just read it all right <laughs> with a straight face over the years have been a, there have been a variety of strange photography memes and trends we recently discovered a covered a story about a russian teen who died while trying to take a rooftoping selfie which we did this is bruce clark writing this for us thank you bruce in western australia people can't resist taking a selfie smiling or with a smiling marsupial called a quokka but, of course, there's the ever-popular hot dogs or legs where people compose a photograph using hot dogs to make it look like they're sitting at the beach um, uh, or poolside. So, essentially, uh, this latest new trend is called nutscaping. And the idea is simple. You take a picture of a beautiful, beautiful landscape, but you do it in such a way that the silhouette of your your man dangling Balls. parts yes dangling is a family show so i'm trying to be like somewhat cryptic so oh, your sorry. man sorry, your kids. man dangling bits are in the scene <laughs> so, so so imagine teabag so you your camera take, folks you want to take a picture of the golden gate bridge you know uh you'd frame it up get the golden gate bridge in there and then uh, you know hopefully you have a tripod and then you go stand in front of your camera and squat a little bit and get the shot with part of yourself in the shot. <laughs> so, I love how you're describing this. This is the idea. It's, um, you can check these out at nutscapes.com. Uh, oh. Apparently, this began in 2007 in New Zealand. And it's, uh, it's interesting where people like to take their photography. Tim... Because I'm only, only because I'm embarrassed to and throw this at Christine, Tim. <laughs> yes, Frederick. Is, is this genre of photography going to make it into your portfolio? Um, no. <laughs> this well, is, t- Tim's is not even a landscape photographer, That's so right. he can't. Yeah, be a let alone let alone the manscape photographer. <laughs> yeah, no. There's so many parts about this that I just don't get. You know, doing like why? It. You know, it's just funny. It's funny. It's like people when they take pictures, they like bring a stuffed animal around the world with them and put the stuffed animal in every shot. You know, well they it's have their like stuffed that. animal with them all the time. I guess in but this scenario, it's it's a built-in stuffed animal. You know, as long as you can avoid the you know indecent exposure you know, exposure charges, you might be okay. Christine, you saw this. Was this I a? Did see uh, this. What, what did you think? Did you show it to your husband? And what did you think? I did not. <laughs> I didn't want to show it to him before I had to talk about it. <laughs> Because I didn't you want got... him to get mad at me. <laughs> yeah. You know, he might check. He might check the browser history on your computer. So. Like, what is she doing? Why are you at this website all the time? So I, I looked. Okay, I looked at it, and the first time you sent it to me, I just 
almost died. I just laughed. I closed it. I'm like, I'm not scrolling through this. I cannot. Don't spit your wine out. Yeah, I'm trying not to. Um, then upon examining further for, you know, show purposes, research purposes. Yes. Um, I realized that A, I just pictured the position that these gentlemen have to get in. <laughs> so did I. In your, I just I'm like, like you're saw in this, this your, sumo position, right? Like you got to assume the sumo. You're in Yosemite squatting over your tripod with your pants around your ankles. Like, yeah. Well, well, and, you know, what if it's sunrise and it's cold out? Like, this yeah. is all, why would you want to do this? This is all bad. So that was my first thought was envisioning yeah. it. Yeah, I, I can honestly say that I can guarantee you that I will never create this kind of photography, let alone a cinemagraph. Like, <laughs> I don't even know what that would be. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I, so there's no so, a non-portfolio coming up with all this? No, there's not going to be a... There's, no, no. No. We're okay, not going to do that. I have yeah. a suggestion. For those who want to do this, may I suggest that the fuzz that shows up in the picture is bad... You need to take care of it before you take a Nutscape picture, okay? Manscape before the Nutscape is what yes. you're saying. Yes. yes. There it is. I mean, the picture is bad enough, but then when you start looking at it and you see the fuzz, it's bad. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. Well, the it whole thing it, is bad. The whole, the whole thing, thing is bad, bad but the yeah. fuzz is disgusting. So if you're going to yeah. do it, take care of it. It's so funny. We added this in. Thanks. I, I think who found this? For I think Bruce may have found this. Um, you know, we wanted to put this in there as just kind of a tongue-in-cheek story. We're always doing so, you know, serious stories on this week in photo. We <laughs> you saved to add it a, just for me. <laughs> we wanted to, and this is Christine's first time on the show. And my so. first time. <laughs> All these years I've been listening, and what do I get to talk this, about? Nutscaping. <laughs> this this is the twip hazing we heard about at the uh, top yeah. of the this show, is it. right? This is it. All right. As we compose ourselves, we're going to take a, one last break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to answer a question from one of the TWIP listeners. This episode is brought to you by lynda.com, the online training platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, just visit lynda.com slash TWIP. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash T-W-I-P. Now, lynda.com is for problem solvers, creative people, or just people who want to make things happen. Maybe you want to master Excel or learn negotiation tactics or build a website or even boost your Photoshop skills. Just go to lynda.com and feed your curious mind. lynda.com offers a ton of courses on Lightroom, Photoshop, and the Adobe Creative Cloud, and many on just getting inspired or re-inspired about your photography. With a lynda.com membership, you can watch and learn from top experts who are passionate about teaching, and you can stream thousands of video courses on demand and learn at your own schedule. And courses are structured so that you can watch them from start to finish, or you can consume them in bite-sized pieces. You can even download tutorials and watch them on the go from your iOS or Android device. Your lynda.com membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics, all for one flat rate. So whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or just want to learn something new, visit lynda.com slash twip and sign up for your free 10-day trial. That's lynda.com slash twip. 
All right, guys, it is time for some listener Q&A. This week's question comes from Ole Matheson. And let's see, let me, this is a long question. Um, so basically she says, I keep hearing all these questions on podcasts regarding storage of your photos on multiple computers. Dropbox comes up as an option now and then, but it is, it is easily dismissed. I am using Dropbox for all of my images and I have downloaded the app to all of my Macs so I can automatically synchronize between the units and I can decide what images I want to store locally on each hard drive. So she's wondering in a nutshell why. (laughs) That that was an accident. That was a remnant of the last story. I didn't even catch it until you started laughing. I got it right. (laughs) <laughs> it's the wine it's the wine sorry okay well oh. in in a nutshell uh ole is wondering why we never bring up dropbox as a viable option for photo storage all right christine what do you think so dropbox it's simple right i have dropbox on all my machines and all my devices i use it we use it for twip um exhaustively to get files around why not use it for file storage and maybe throw your lightroom library on um, I'm probably, I'm sorry, Ole, like I am the worst person for this question. I have a computer. I'm not having to sync over oh, multiple so yeah, so devices. Um, I don't like think. You're like Silarina. solution, I think, to syncing I... was have one computer. One computer. Uh, it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are you complaining yeah. about? Um, I don't know if I could afford the Dropbox package necessary to upload my Lightroom library. Um, mm-hmm. I used to use it years ago for proofing with clients, and I've since decided to spend money on other ways to proof that are much prettier. Yeah. Um, so for you know, it's, that's not something I have to deal with. Um, yeah. You know, for me, it's a cost. It would be a cost thing, really. I don't, and I'm you know, I see this this person was traveling. I most of my work is local. So even if I had multiple devices, I would probably still be coming home and importing into one main system. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you're using, I think you're using the same service I use. It's called Pixie Set, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I love Pixie Set. They're great. Simple. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's I love pretty. Them. It's simple. I can sell stuff from there. Mm-hmm. And, you yeah. know, it links with professional print labs. Um so I, I have no good answers. I don't know why we Tim, talk about it. Tim, what I, do you think? <laughs> Dropbox as a viable alternative for photo storage. Could that work for you? Um, so, I mean, we're at one terabyte, what, for 99 bucks to start with? Mm-hmm. Um, and so like Christine said, I mean, there's no way, even one shoot, I mean, with a DA10 file, I mean, on a full shoot, that's a ton of data. Yeah. And the time that it would take to get that stuff up and then down. It wouldn't be up there by the time you went on the next shoot. No, so, mm-hmm. but I do, I mean, there is, I, I do have some working files that I keep on Dropbox, um, and I do keep a portfolio synced up, so no matter what device I have, it automatically is on my iPad, and I can go grab it, I can have it on my iPhone, I can have it on my laptop, so I do use it for that kind of stuff, but I imagine traveling would be a good alternative if I shot some images that I liked and I wanted to put those over, um, it may be great for that, but it just for a full commercial shoot, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't. Yeah. I I agree with both of you. Um, I, I wish I was in a world where I could have one computer, but as it is right now, I have two. So I have the, 
the computer I'm on now, which is an iMac and the workstation. I do the video editing and all that stuff here. And then I have a small 13-inch MacBook Pro, which is my travel, and that goes with me. And I have different versions of my stuff on either one. Um, but, you know, as far as Dropbox goes, I think it's a case of using the right tool for the right job, right? So Dropbox is phenomenal. I mean, Apple has been chasing them for years to get the syncing thing right. And Dropbox mm -hmm. has, has been working flawlessly for years. You put a file there, it goes where it's supposed to go. And mm -hmm. people can share it and, you know, it just works. I use it for that. You know, I use it for getting files to clients. We use it for transferring files back and forth. Episodes of TWIP float around to all the editors and people that need to know about it. They go through Dropbox, you know, clients. Sometimes I use that, you know, rather than Pixie set. Sometimes I just drop a bunch of images sure. in a folder on Dropbox and give them a link to it and they have it. You know, it's just it makes things that much simpler. I don't think Dropbox is designed to be that, like Tim was saying, multiple terabyte solution especially lightroom like i was i was baiting you with that lightroom comment um christine because you put your lightroom library on dropbox adobe doesn't necessarily sanction you having a healthy database file if it lives in the cloud mm. right that sure. that that wants to be local right at least how it stands today as we record this that wants to be local all bets are off when you start having multiple people access it and it's in the cloud and all that uh, overhead that goes with that so you could end up yeah that, so. you could know. end up in a really bad state of affairs if you you know if you do that so like i say you know right right tool for the right job i think low you know low weight file sharing and that sort of thing dropbox yeah. excels at that but we're still in search of the perfect option for shared cloud databases, you know, where I can have a Lightroom like experience and then access it willy nilly from multiple computers. So even yeah. even backing up my photos online, I mean it's just it's not right now even a reality. I tried. It just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We're you're born too soon, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if this is working for this for this person, then more power to him i mean yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah if it's, working, if it's for you, working for you don't dismiss it i mean just because everyone else isn't doing it doesn't mean it's wrong i mean right sure. right you know yeah yeah that's true that's true definitely all right uh i hope that kind of addressed the question i feel like we just kind of glossed over it but what am i yeah. missing since this number comes up i don't know i don't think you're missing anything i think maybe you're smarter than everyone else yeah maybe yeah <laughs> yeah in the comments you know <laughs> Ole from the in the comments for this episode, please write a post about how you're doing this so we, <laughs> so you can learn from you. All right, guys, uh, to our listeners, if you have a question you'd like us to tackle on the show, just visit us at thisweekinphoto.com and click on the submit a question link and send us a question or leave us a voice message. All right, we're going to move real quick into the picks of the week. This is a segment where you guys, our guests, can recommend something to the TWIP audience as long as it is photography related. Christine, I'm going to let you go first. What is your pick of the week? So I did the... I'm not a gear person like you guys. So hey, I had hey. nothing that you could go buy today that I thought was super It doesn't cool. have to be purchasable. So it could be this anything. this is free because that's how I roll. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's the Ben Sasso free lighting mini class. Cool. And um, I did this one because he's actually really good with um, Facebook and Instagram tips and tricks. And I recently got some stuff from his Instagram that I loved. 
Um, so I thought I would put his, he has, has lots of courses available, um, that you can purchase. This is the free mini lighting class and, um, you'll have to Uh-oh. put your email in to get it. I could actually probably send you a different link. No, no, that's okay. To see that's it. totally fine. Um, it's really pretty. His work is beautiful. It's a lot of natural light. There's some studio stuff. There's multiple backlighting, different ways of getting certain effects. Um, it's written really well. He has a fun personality. Um, and what is it? What's the fee? What does it cost? It's the the mini class. The free lighting or the mini lighting class is free, and then okay. he offers other classes that you can buy, um, and then lots of tips and tricks on his Facebook and Instagram that are free that I have been finding useful lately. So thought I would put right. his mini class out there. Excellent. All right, I'll check that out. So Ben Sasso free lighting mini class. Excellent. Excellent first pick of the week, Christine. All Is that okay? Yeah. Look at that. You did a good job. All right. The pressure's on for Tim. What's your t- what's your pick of the week? Well, if anybody has ever hung out with me on a shoot, they know that I keep a flashlight on my hip. And the flash that I use is a, ah. P- a P7 from LED Lenser. This is the P7.2. I picked up my first one years ago at Costco, and I kept it in my bag thinking it was just a nice flashlight. Then I realized that the color temperature and the pattern that it gave out, or lack of pattern, was an amazing light. And so I've used it for portraits. I've used it to highlight areas. Um, Occasionally, I'll even use it to light up my bag when I'm trying to see at night, but that's rare. Um, But it's just a great, versatile light. The beam is very controllable. I think on Amazon now, they're not super expensive anymore, um, but it's just a great tool that I have for years kept with me. Nice. Yeah. And I, I have one of these because you, through the magic of your your connections, got me one. And this thing is built to last about, you know, one or 2,000 years, right? <laughs> it's like Yeah. I think that's actually like a tactical <laughs> yeah. flashlight, right? I don't think it was meant for the photo world necessarily um, but it works hey, did you say it is it is it daylight balanced i don't know what the color temperature is but it's pretty close to daylight i've never like measured it out but it's very yeah. close yeah yeah it's a beautiful piece of kit it goes in this just so you know that is in my bag that's going to uh vietnam with me taking it with me Oh, you know, wonderful. Ho- hopefully it will make it back from Vietnam with me, but it's going <laughs> it is definitely going with me. That's a really tough piece of gear. So, love it. Cool. Very good first pick of the week, Tim. Thank you. Good job. Good job. And I don't have a pick of the week this week, so I'm going to leave it to you guys. So, very very good. Oh. All right, guys. I feel um, like you need another one. I don't I only had one. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I can't so make up for you. You could have picked of... anything. You could have picked your Instagram feed, anything, but you didn't. Oh. You know? No, I want to give credit to another photographer who's kicking ass. Yeah, who is it? No, the one that I did. Oh, I thought you said you want to do another one. Oh, okay. Oh no, good, I don't okay. that's all I got. All right. Excellent. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh we're at the end of the show. Before we end the show, uh, what do you got coming up in the coming months? Tim? Let's see. I have a few things I'm working with. um, In the near future, I'm doing some more black light or UV light um, Mm -hmm. work with a dancer. Um, The black light stuff turned out to be, we just did it kind of for fun and ended up that clients are starting to ask for that. Mm. Um, And it's, it's, 
I really enjoy it. Um, I'm working with Help Portrait coming up, which is a great program that does uh, portraits for um, lower income and um, just families in general that don't get the opportunity to get family portraits done very often. I know a guy that works there. His name's Jeremy Cowart. And I think that comes up on the 5th of December. And so nice. we're doing that locally. And I encourage everybody out there, if they go and look for that, to find a local group that's doing it. If it's not doing a local group, then start one. Um, cool. And then um, working with some dancers and some other things on a small workshop coming up and just continuing to roll the rest of the year out and actually starting to plan for next year. I can't believe it already. This year is about over. Love it. And you will put links to all this stuff in the in the, the Google Docs so we can put them in the notes, right? Yeah. Very good. Awesome. Well, Tim, welcome. Uh, an official welcome to This Week in Photo. Thank, Thank you for you. coming on. I appreciate it. All right, Christine, what about you? What's your uh, what's your uh, agenda in the next coming months? Well, I mean, for me, doing the family portrait stuff, I'll be wrapping up everyone needing holiday portrait sessions <clears throat> and getting my first studio in January. So I'm oh, getting congratulations. ready to move into a studio. I'm very excited about that. It's like all I can think about. Um, I'm doing some stuff with you. I don't know if we're talking about that. But that's uh, I'm going to talk up. about it in a second. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what I have coming up in the coming months. So I'm going to talk about that in a so second. I, yeah, I have I have to work for you coming up. <laughs> that's what's new. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes, I'm Mr. Burns. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's great. And make sure whatever you have coming up that you'd like us to link to, like a link to your studio and all that, put it in the okay. notes so we can make sure people can check that out. Um, yeah, just a, a little foreshadowing. You know, the, the TWIP listeners know that the TWIP network is growing like mad. There's a bunch of shows that we'll be adding in the next several months. Um, several before the end of the year, which is almost upon us. And one of them is a show that both of you guys will be hosting. It's on commercial fashion and the business side of things and mm -hmm. all that magic. Um, we're sorely lacking that kind of show on the TWIP network. And you heard it here first, Christine Allward and Tim Engel, the two, the one, two punch hosts mm -hmm. of the oh, newest, boy. one of the newest shows on the TWIP network sitting here. So you know, it's going to be good. So congratulations on your first, uh, uh, you know, debut on This Week in Photo and also, you know, having a show on This Week in Photo. So yeah, appreciate it. super excited. It's um, it's kind of surreal. It's pretty crazy. No, it's going to it's a ride, man. It's going to be good. You know, podcasting is is, you know, coming into its own. It looks like so. And you guys are, you know, this the idea of doing a fashion show or a fashion type genre show on the TWIP network is, is kind of a big deal right now. So I'm excited to do it. Plus both of you guys are amazingly talented. It's going to be good. You know? oh, thank you. And Tim, you can't thank go you. wrong with a co-host like Christine. Oh so my God. It's easy. I just like, <laughs> like the rest of my stuff, she just manages it and takes care of it. And I just, I show up and I just push the button and she takes care of all the details. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Christine's like, yeah. That's yeah, pretty much how pretty, it goes. Much. <laughs> All right, guys. We are at the end of another episode of This Week in Photo. I want to thank our sponsors, FreshBook, Audible, and iFi for their support of the show. And um, if you want to check out these guys, we'll put links to their websites, Instagrams, Google+, all that stuff in the notes for this show. And once again, also be sure to visit us at thisweekinphoto.com to see this show and all of the shows that are on the This Week in Photo network. And with that, it is time to take that lens cap off. Mm -hmm.
TV production produced by Suzanne Llewellyn with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar.